the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Final hour, the voice of Slick Rick. Nobody better. Rick Flair, 710 KNUS. Peter Boyle's on the air everywhere on a Saturday in October. It's going to be well, snowing outside. 32 is all we get. 15 degrees tonight. 28 on Sunday. 13 degrees. And then we're talking about Halloween. One, I mean, I don't know how this works, but uh, lines are already jammed up because I said we'll talk. I met Charles Johnson. I, I knew you when you were playing ball and up at CU and all the legendary stories of the 1990 uh, national champions and the Orange Bowl and all these great stories. So you tried your hand, and you could have done it easily, of sports casting, but then you went back to, back to athletics. I'm working, doing a morning show on KHOW, and you came into KOA. We, we met in a sports tank, and uh, it just like it was like, uh, you, and I remember saying, man, this guy, wow. And then we just started to talk, and we've... Peter, I was... Uh, uh, I don't have his mic on. There we go. Okay, there we go. We got, got there? Yeah. I was, uh, I was just a big fan of, of how you did radio. And um, it's funny, because I could, never, I could never figure out where you were coming from. Like, what was your angle, as if you had to have one, right? You do have to have one. It's, I it's, could, it's wrestling. I couldn't figure... <laughs> and it was fascinating to yeah, me. It was wrestling. It was like on one day you were, okay, I thought I had Pete figured out. And then the next day you blew my whole theory out the water. I was fascinated with it. And then I talked to people, people who I had known and who Mm -hmm. had mentored me, Theory Smith, the late, great Theory Smith, for example, Prince T. And I can still do his ads in my head. Yeah, exactly. He had that smooth voice. But um, everyone loved Pete. Everyone loved Pete. Right. And, um, and you know, I, and so I was just I was drawn to you. And so when I when we met, yeah, if you recall, I used to ask you a lot of questions. Oh, well, like I, I always did. We sat. I can tell you where we sat and everything, and we would talk. And you'd ask about doing this. That's right. There's That's no right. Se- there's no secrets. To That's this. right. No, no and no uh, uh, but you, you're kind of like you're kind of like my mom in that, like there was no secret to how None. awesome a cook she was. Hmm. She couldn't tell me how to do it, though. Oh, no, of course. Just, just sit and watch, boy. That's what she would tell me. There's something we're going to go. Everybody wants to talk to you. Boy, you try and explain this to people that are ruin, ruining it. This business is on its way out. but And it's been trashed. And people that wiped their feet on it. And there was a time that perhaps the golden age of talk radio, I always say that, when they invented the delay, yeah. <laughs> so you could did, did that ruin it? No, it made it work. because <laughs> it's governed by the government, right? And so those words you can't say. Yeah. Once you could get rid of that, you could do. It. Then talk radio made its made its bones, and now it's just been destroyed. I mean, it, these these people have wiped their feet on it, and wrecked it, and destroyed the ratings and the revenue, and the lawsuits are coming, and they're they're. They have no idea what they've done. Mm. 
So, no, I mean, the golden age is here and gone. But um, real quick, and then I want to go to the phones, the witch house. Was there a house with, that people were afraid of? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, and it was the um, – it was it, – it's, it's like a – a movie play that played out yes. in your neighborhood, course, right? Yeah. And the character was always the, uh, and, and for better or for worse, yeah. it was always the, there was a woman. Woman? Yeah, I agree. Who, no one, she was mysterious to Ooh. us. The, the kids in the neighborhood didn't know. And you didn't know if she was kind or cunning. Afraid of her. You were, everyone was afraid. I was afraid of her. And the house, now the, the myth of the house yeah. even became, looked like a witch house, right? Or, you turned, or you turned it into it. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and I, I could see this house. It was a white house with black trim around oh. it. I could see it like it was yesterday. We would even sometimes, as a kid, you get so afraid to walk by it. You sometimes you cross no, the street. Cross the street. <laughs> cross the street. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not. Something's gonna snatch oh. me in that house if I walk too close to it. Yes. Oh yeah, we had the witch house. And that's in To Kill a Mockingbird, which is one of my all time. You got to read it. La- Brother Jeff and I, we, were, we went inside the play, inside, of, and he was there with his daughter, and I was there. And but Boo Radley, and when he said, "This is the night we made Boo Radley come out," remember that 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 was the that was the witch house for yeah. those kids. There was a place, man. You just didn't, you know. And it was okay, you know, during the summer, yada yada yada. But as we got closer to Halloween, it became spooky. <laughs> All right, here we Devil's go. Night. Here we go. Mark, you're on a radio show, the one and only CJ Charles Johnson. Thanks, Mark. You're on the air. That would be Mark from Aurora, Charles. Uh oh, my man. Talking about a legend. Uh-oh. Talking now, about listen, a let me legend. Tell you what you got to know about Charles is there's only one thing he can't do as a congressman, right? And that is count to five. One, <laughs> two, three, four, 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 four. Man, you always bringing up old stuff, Mark. Four, four, four was Moses Malone. That's another. That's right. Yeah, I miss. I miss theory. He used to call in the evening and say, "Hey, Mark, listen, I'm having so and so on. Can you come?" And who is this, Mark? Mark, tell me, it's it's Peter. Who's who are you? I'm sorry. I did. I did thirty. I did thirty years with Irvin Joe, Mark from Aurora. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You remember? Okay, I know who you are. All right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So well, and what's funny is, as Charles knows, Charles, what was my first? what was my first job? Politics, right? Well, That's right. Or, you know, so uh, let me know if you want me to give you a speech. Uh, you remember the old, the funniest guy that ever lived in sports was Barry Switzer. And uh, Tom Osborne called him up and said, hey, I'm running for Congress. And he goes, hey, yeah, what do you want me to do? You want me to give a speech for you? He said, yeah. He said, you want me to be Fernia or Aginia? He said, well, I want you to be, I want you to be Fermi. He goes, I think it's a mistake. And of course, Barry Switzer would say, you know, he lost that race. <laughs> i tell you what, this is. So true. you let me know if you yeah. want a speech, Charles. I got you. Dr. Death um, yep. grew up here. And when Doc, he really came home, he was sick and we knew it. And we'd ride motorcycles together and he'd go to appearances with me. Steve Wims, the guy's name. When he died, Barry Switzer came to the funeral and spoke. Mm. I saw it. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm sitting there in the, the funeral. The, and he, the infamous Barry Switzer. You talk about a character. Barry Switzer oh, he was, was, uh, he was oh. There will never be another one. I, we won't go into the speech, but you can look it up about what he said after they lost the Super Bowl when he was coaching the Cowboys. <laughs> and everybody was in there really glum. And he said something to the effect of, Hey, my dad came in and told 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 me that my my mom had committed suicide in the other room. Go clean it up. 
It, that was very sweet. Wow. We, we had the joke. Wow. We had the like joke. They, and Christmas Eve, about 8.30, a shotgun would go off in the backyard. And the old man would come in and say, Santa just committed suicide. <laughs> hey, hey, Charles, no joke. That's Brad. There's a video out there where Absolutely. Brad Sham tells that story yeah. in the locker room where everybody <laughs> acted like somebody... Pete, you know that voice they get in the locker yep. room, like somebody died when they yeah. lose oh, the game. Oh yeah, and you know they Barry don't believe Swift it. Would yeah. have none of that. You're right. It, it, he also got busted on. I got busted on his own plane for carrying a gun. <laughs> you, you know what? How, how do you, how do you do that? Do you Barry. guys? You guys, especially CJ, who really you know hit the high level. The um, the 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 death in the locker room voice of reporters. Oh, it's the worst. Is that. My God. I know. It's yeah, a it's, it's a game. That's right. That's right. You know, it's funny. Uh, you know, the, the great I, I, late Les Shapiro, who I, you know, I did radio with Les. Uh, Les yeah, called our games. Uh, he was the the uh, play by play television sure, of uh, voice yeah. for our, our games. Um, and after we won the Orange Bowl, now we lost it the year before. Yep, and it was that what you guys are describing, yeah. right? That the 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 death voice, uh, and then the following year we come back winners, Orange Bowl, and it was funny. I'm interviewing Les is interviewing me, and afterwards, he said, "CJ, are you happy?" I'm like, "I'm I'm a, I'm ecstatic, yeah, right." And he and he said, "Why aren't you like?" Yeah. Over the top. I mean, yeah. we did this interview, and yeah. you were just sort of melancholy about it. And I said, you know what, Les? I told him this off. off. I said, Les, we won a game 10-9. The Rocket runs the ball back. Yeah. Rocket Ishmael. Rocket Ishmael. Wow, I forgot yeah. that. He, he, wow. Runs, he runs a punt Clipping. back at the end of the game. Yeah. They call a clip so it yeah. comes back. Yeah, I, I, and I said, you know, I've realized that the game was always in the balance. We could have very well sure. lost this game. Always that way. I'm just, I'm not, you know, I, my... My who I am, how I feel. I'm happy we won the game, but yeah. I'm just. I would be this way. Yeah. Either you know, I was this way last year, and I'm this way this year. Yeah. After one, after a loss, and after a win. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it, Charles. Think about it, Charles. One of the most balanced guys. One of my sports heroes growing up. I think one of the most balanced guys that handled greatness and still considers himself an every everyday guy. Jack Nicklaus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Jack Nicholas was a guy that fainted when, every time one of his kids was born. Uh, what, you know, what, he, 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 what, he's a real guy. Yeah. I, could both of you guys, Peter Boyles and CJ's with us. Mark, I, I know Mark's voice, and I went, yeah, Mark. Yeah, you do. Um, what? And maybe you know, throw politics away and come back to sports, or stay in politics. But what makes this? This part of it work. I mean, and I, I go, I always go back. CJ and I talk. I always go back to pro wrestling, and heels sell tickets. Everybody comes to see the heel get beat. And we were talking about um, Coach Prime. Uh, there's two yep. schools. The people. I mean, no matter what, somebody wants a ticket. They want to come and see Prime get beat, or they want to come and see Prime win. And I said to you when we were talking one time, I said. Uh, Coach Prime's um, he is he's Ric Flair. Yeah, I mean he uh, so yeah. So t- if you would, Mark, take me there. Well, here's the thing, Pete. What I believe is uh, the thing that separates the great ones, which is what Charles and I did. You know, talk about sports for all those years and theory and Irvin Joe. 
Joe and I off the air, yeah. even today, that uh, people chasing glory. Tiger Woods. Okay. I mean, people, you know, the, the uh, Tom Brady. Whoa. People, you know, the greatest of all time. I, oh. They really overuse that term for me. There's, there's only a few greatest of all time. Uh, and I think, you know, theory to go, I mean, not, CJ, to go back to your point about uh, Tyson, I think what was hard, Pete, is if you saw the greatness of Ali, it was hard to imagine that Tyson could have stayed with him. He could have. Right. That, he could have. Right. Yeah, it, it's hard to imagine that. Those those guys, when you read those stories facing Tyson, legitimately, Barney Badass says, nobody ever hit me as hard as Mike Tyson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, he hit hard. Oh! So did Joe, so did Joe Frazier. You know, he's my, you know. He, I, I, so did George Foreman. Oh, heavy hands. Yeah, George Foreman. Here's my one regret is I never attempted to speak to George Foreman. I, and, fellas, if you read, there's a book called Ghosts of Manila, and it's the finest yep. boxing book. And Ali said, me and Joe go to Manila champions. We come home ghosts. Mm. About hey, Pete, I'll give, you a, I'll give you something. And Charles knows a little about this, although he wasn't really all the way in on it. You know that window you go through where <clears throat> your contract's coming up and mm-hmm. you can talk to people for, I don't know, about a week, 10 days? Yeah. Irv and Joe... Irv really wanted bad to get that 560 signal. Uh, yeah, I was, I had, uh, oh, I know the story. Um, yeah, I had, you know, you know, our buddy, the movie reviewer sure. had, had Reggie on there. Yeah, that's and right. Irv and Joe were within 24 hours of coming over. And my oh, goal yeah. was to bring over because I've never said this to CJ because of his ego, but, uh, <laughs> I think right there, I think that I think right there with Irv and Joe and some of the most fun I ever had on the radio was really getting into it with, especially CJ. You know, Alfred was fun, but it was a little bit easier than CJ. <laughs> CJ was a little bit more nimble. I'll I, I tell you something about Irv Brown. He had quicker feet. <laughs> Irv Brown was the father of, of, of us all in sports talk. Dave, oh, yeah. Dave Logan was studying to be a prudential insurance man or something after the Broncos. Irv calls him and says, yep. you know, and the hitman's a caller, and Irv finds That's right. him. Uh, That's Sandy, right. When Sandy Clough and all those guys, that funeral was the most one of the most amazing. The, the private funeral, the family funeral, when his yep. when his boys got up and talked about him, I said, "Man alive!" Hope somebody says it. They talked about their dad. Yeah, not the talk show and host, but their dad. Yeah. CJ, you know who who was down? Who what friend of mine was down there and. For both those national championship games with you and Al, well, a, a lot of them, but I can tell you one. I, the, it, it, when you say a friend of yours, it's probably more like a brother. Uh, and uh, we lost a a, a legend yeah. here recently, a guy named Mike Spivey. Hmm. Don't yeah. know. Oh, if I you, know the name. Yeah, sure. Mike Spivey played. He's a buff. Yeah. Played in the National Football League. Remember the name? Yeah. He was the, basically my dad, Pete. He was my. Wow. He, he, we're best friends for forty two wow. years. He he. We're, my dad passed away early, and Tell he, he let kind me, of adopted me. Right, let me let me get it. last question because of a turn here. Go ahead. Who was you, when you're a kid, Mark? Who was the sport and who was the player that was quote your guy that you looked up to? Roger Staubach. Wow, I love Dallas. Who was your guy? Oh wow, it was uh, it was probably Muhammad Ali. You know, as mm-hmm. a kid, he was Good probably one. the most influential. Okay. 
Um, and then, then later on, uh, Isaiah Thomas, again, oh, sure. being a Detroiter, yep, sure. uh, just love the heart of that guy. He would, you, you had to kill him to, to beat him. And so, yeah. um, we liked fighters. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah. We like fighters and we believe pro wrestling was real. Roger Stahlback, <laughs> huh? Roger Stahlback and Bob Lilly and, and, uh, Man. Dan Reeves and all those. Oh, you were a I cowboy. The, you're uh, a cowboy. Hey, you don't, I was, was born in 58. Mark, hey, Craig Morton. We'll finish this up. My, Craig Morton was was one of my best buddies. I coached his nephew, and I saw him two minutes before he went to the airport to go to the '77 Super Bowl. And he looked at me. His his wife was from Dallas, Susie. He looked at me and he said, "I would tell you to go ahead and root for the. I was going to game. He go to root for the Broncos, but I lived through the Ice Bowl '66 with the. Uh, you know, it's like he knew who I was going to root for, and he was okay with it. But later, some of the Bronco fans, you know, they're like, well, if you don't root for the Broncos, you're just evil. <laughs> I, I don't know if you know this or I not. I never got that. Mark, if you, Walt Garrison passed away. Yeah. Walt yeah, Garrison. Yeah. Wow. I had some times with him in Cheyenne. Copenhagen. <laughs> in Cheyenne. Oh, yeah, because he was, he, was, he, was he was a steer tripper, pro rodeo in yep, the offseason. He was. He told stories that, I mean, get you just rolling. And he told stories uh about uh don meredith and he said that he was a rookie this is a, not my story he's a rookie and he didn't think he was going to play and so yep. they got out and they got wiped slick and he's sitting on the end of the bench he's got his hat in his hand and he said and landry looks down and it's the end of the end of the game he gets him up gets him in the game and he didn't think he was going to play and he gets behind, and it's Meredith's QB, and, and he, he's told this story many times. It had me rolling. And uh, he's, you know, and he said, yeah, you know, he's how Meredith was. And there was a, a trap play or something. He was going up the middle, and it was against the Steelers. Joe Green, these guys just pound him. And so he, they stand up, and Meredith looks over at them and says, he's coming again. <laughs> <laughs> And he, no, I mean, heads yeah. up, he's coming again. He's coming again, and, he, and they kill him, and he stands up again, and he's and and he said, Meredith said, "You're going to get it again." <laughs> they, they, yeah, I mean, he was. Yeah, he, Meredith. He, Meredith was so funny. Some guy got called for holding, and they got a big long penalty. He said, "Don't you dare hold!" And so on the next play, a guy comes through and crowns him, oh. and they get back in the huddle, and he goes, "I need you to go back to holding." Yeah. <laughs> They told hey, the, that, those, uh, those huddle stories, oh, those inside oh, sort of stories in football, are all real. The best stuff, uh, man. The absolute best stuff. Final, and I got to pause. I'm running over top. So we're going back to Cheyenne for one of the last times. I'm going to. I I got Cheyenne divided into two different divisions. When I did, and when I didn't. And when we'd go up there, and I got a job because uh, I was trying to ride bulls amateur. So I got a job. Uh, working they when Kurt Gowdy did Wide World of Sports, he and Larry yep. Mahan, and they would do up there and do that. And they gave me a job. They called Spotting Bulls. They stood on the floor and I had a you know clipboard and a headset on, and and I would say the name of the bull and the name of the cowboy, and I'd set it up to producer. And Gowdy was great. I mean, Gowdy's great. So Larry Mahan had a band, and there's a place called The Hitch up in Cheyenne, and. Um, yep. And there was a fight. There was, and so a true story. So there's, a, we have a table in the front, and I'm sitting like two people from Kurt Gowdy. I'm going, it's Kurt Gowdy. This really hot looking woman comes in. She got a, a Greenpeace jacket on, in Cheyenne uh -huh. at the rodeo. And I'm like, oh, it's going to get good. And so um, 
Larry's on the stage, mm-hmm. and uh, Gowdy's on the stage, and, and this woman had a mouth like a sailor. I mean, it was, she was going, I'm going, whoa, you're turning the air blue here. And so <laughs> they said, they said, we got a special guest here. I'm going to see if we get her up to do a tune. It's Tanya Tucker. Really? And she wow. was She was dating a guy named Bobby Brown, who was a, uh, was a, he was a bronc rider. Oh, tough. And she did a song called While You're Out There Riding Rainbows. What's about Hooter? They called him Hooter Brown. So she starts for the stage. And in true fashion, somebody grabbed it. Hooter starts. The fight starts. And it was one of those fights that rolled through the room. Like it, like, I mean, it, like most bar fights are what, 10 seconds? <laughs> this thing's going on. And they got the cameras. And Gowdy's standing there talking with Larry. And they're talking about these legendary bucking horses, five minutes to midnight, midnight, you know, all these great horses. Somebody says, hey, Kurt, (laughs) turn them GD cameras around and show them Cheyenne. (laughs) (laughs) Banging on each other. Oh. But so we, Walter Walter would stay out of it. So the last trip we go, and it's nostalgic because we know it's going to probably all end. So um, (laughs) called his house. And, I, and a woman answers. <laughs> and I said, uh, Miss Garrison, I said, is Peter Boyles? I said, uh, is is Walter in? She said, never call here again. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, really? Oh, Uncle oh, Pete. Oh, man. Uncle Pete. He rolled. Uncle Pete. He rolled. Oh, I adored him. I just thought he was. When like, you said when you said two sides, I thought you were going to say misdemeanor and felony. No, it was like <laughs> nightmare years and sober years. But uh, and there were stories up there when we would go, and I would go with Bob Edson, and you know, I mean, all those legends were up there. Jim Shoulders. I mean, I met those guys. You know, uh, Harley May, and you can name them. But um, Baxter Black legendary poet, cowboy, veterinarian. So I get sober. And uh, and we're doing a show, and, and uh, we weren't married yet, but we were together. So I called Bax up, and Bax has just passed away. And I called Bax up, and his wife's named Cindy Lou. She was Medal of Honor winner. I mean, she was like, mm. and I called him, I said, Bax, and he had to know his voice. I said, um, I said, I'm taking this new woman I met. I said, we're going to go to Cheyenne for the radio show. And I want you. I said, I, I got a suite. I said, um, you know, a couple bedrooms. Baxter talked to you like this. And he said, he said, how long are we going to be gone? And I said, well, three days. Baxter said, why we need a room? <laughs> really? Oh, Max was that yeah. guy. Oh, we're going to Cheyenne. Yeah, that guy. I said, well, That's I, I did poetry. Oh, he the best. And he said, uh, Yeah. I said, It's uh, three days. He goes, Why we need a room? Wow. Whew. Wow. How'd you answer the question? Did you say we don't? We, no, we do. I mean, back then, I <laughs> I knew what he meant, but yeah. that was long gone in my yeah. life. But man, yeah. Wow. Baxter Black. Baxter Black. CJ, congratulations. Love you. you. Let me know if uh, I could ever help you. Mark, I'll be in touch, man. Mark, Appreciate you. Love you, brother. I, this door's open, brother. Anytime. All right, please? Yeah. All right, yes, man. Yes, sir. All right, let me sell something here. 303-696-1971. One line's open. The law office is a Dan Kaplis. Danny's my guy, believed to be the only lawyer in Colorado history to win five straight multimillion-dollar jury verdicts in motor vehicle crash cases. And Danny and his partners... The largest truck crash jury verdict in Colorado history. The firm's history is seven and eight-figure settlements. The verdict speaks for itself. 
a firm where good people from all walks of life, without regard to ability to pay, the best legal representation. Danny's my guy. He helped our family. Uh, Capitalist believes it talks cheap and experience counts and results matter, and the firm would be happy to share with you the track record of outstanding jury verdicts and court settlements. Capitalist believes, and it's all true. I mean, I saw Danny in action many times. Who you hire says a lot about who you are and what's involved. They suggest you choose a law firm that shares your values and Dan's mind. Call a man up. It's Kaplis is C-A-P-L-I-S, but it's 770-5551-303-770-5551, dancaplislaw.com. On the off the air, I always say, and we've never had that last day, but the off-air show should be the on-air show, and the on-air show will be the off-air show, and we all be looking for work. Temperatures are dropping. Snow is coming in the mountains. It means we've got a few weeks left. Start of the ski season. Actually, um, I think it is a basin. Opens tomorrow. Wow, that's an early open. And if the rumors are true, it's going to be one of the best ski seasons in Colorado that we've seen for years. Maybe it's time for new gear or good rentals or demos. You owe it to yourself to pay a visit to Larson Ski and Sport, located south of I-70 on Kipling. Whether you rent equipment or you just want your own, these are the guys totally committed to making your ski experience the absolute best. Remember, if you got kids and grandkids, rentals. Next year, everything's going to be too small, and there you go. But for you, for demos and new technology, is brilliant stuff is out there. Stop on the way up the hill or stop on the way home. Big wooden building south of I-70 on Kipling. You cannot miss it. Take it from me. John and the guys at Larson's absolute experts at everything you need for winter sports. Truly, snowboards, cross-country skis, side cuts, whatever you want, stop in today and tell them. All the equipment, the warm stuff, they can put heaters in your boots, Larson Ski and Sport. So you're westbound on I-70, the Kipling exit, get off the Kipling exit, down the ramp, make a left, go under I-70, come out the other side, look to your right, look to the west. You see the Crab Shack and then a great big wooden building, seven days a week, Larson Ski and Sport. You can't miss coming home, get off the ramp, stay there, and drop your equipment off to get repaired or buy new. Larson Ski and Sport. John Marriott and the guys, south of I-70 on Kipling, 303-423-0654, 303-423-0654, Larson Sport, L-A-R-S-O-N, sport.com. Don't go to the big guys, man. Go to these guys. I just found out you got to get out of here. Um, the, CJ's here, Charles Johnson, running, I mean, you're, you know, all the other things you've done so successfully, Regent. Yes. Why? Yes. You know, Pete, it's... Um I I love the University of Colorado and the system. It has really uh, impacted my life. We've talked a lot, yeah. both on and off air. You and I about my um, my childhood, and I talk about my my dear friend Tug, who, um, as I mentioned before, uh, he was shot and killed December eleventh, twenty December seventeenth, twenty eleven. Tug and I grew up. Shoulder to shoulder. Um, I got a break and went to a damn good high school, Detroit Country Day. I was plucked out of our neighborhood to attend Country Day and then ultimately um, came out to Colorado. It has impacted not just my life, but my family's life. And as I tell my story about all that we talk about, right, uh, the national championship and uh, a career that 
you know, for someone who came out of my neighborhood, it's in a lot of ways, it's it's storybook. Unfortunately, that's the for, that's the good side of the story. Unfortunately, for a guy like me, it's an exception. It's too too much the exception, and the system in a state like Colorado, the CU system, has so much to offer. And I'm I am committed to blurring the lines between those who have access and those who don't. And when I say access, I'm talking about young students, young kids who are impressionable at young ages who can be impacted in positive ways by all this system has to offer. And I'm talking about kids in inner cities. I'm talking about kids on family farms in Holyoke, Colorado, on a western slope. I'm talking about families whose lives are impacted by what this system has to offer. It can't simply be, you know, this crown jewel, this mythical place that sits on the hill and or in the valley of Boulder. It has to be relevant to the lives of all of the citizens in the state of Colorado. CU has, the system has almost a, a, over $5 billion economic impact in this state. $3 billion close to a procurement power. Um, um, it's one of the top research institutions in the country. It can't be reserved for the elite. It can't be that. A guy like CJ has to be able, has to be impacted by, and it's not even necessarily a student on one of the four campuses, right? Or one of the three campuses plus Anschutz. I'm talking about the, the, the reach of this system has to impact your grandson, even if he chooses not to be a buff because it, it has, uh, it has reach and relevance to everyone here. And I just don't think, I think it underperforms in that regard, Pete. When is the election? November 24. So it's on the, so you, it's next year. Yeah. There is an election coming up this right. upcoming, next week, I right? Know, but yeah. the, the CU Board of Regents um, election is on the presidential election ballot, and that's November 2024. Uh, and, you know, I, I, oh, I hate doing this. Man, no, 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 no. My campaign please. manager says, if you don't do it, right. I'm getting knocked up high, upside the head. I just want to throw my website out there. It's, it's CJ4CU.com. That's CJ, the number four, CU.com. Did you um, put our television show on it? I think we did post it. Cool. And if, it's, if we haven't, we certainly will. I, I, I wasn't sure. But that the TV show, by the way, you can go to the website real quick right now. We shot a new one with Dick Wadhams. 710 KNUS, click on shows, click on me, and it's called The Shoot, but you can go back, watch the one with CJ. It's emotional. It's a, that, that, that was a great I moment. had a great time. Oh, and I always, always have. With no. I knew what it would be uh, when you invited me to come yeah. on. And so, um, But that's what I'm doing, man. And uh, I, again, I just think this CU has to be relevant to everyone. It's, it's, it's too powerful a system to be restricted to, again, just those who can pay outrageous tuition and uh you know there you know that's that's another big issue for me like the cost to attend that state university is out of line out of hand. it it a, a kid like you who grew up in pittsburgh in a neighborhood you would have no access to it. No. a kid like me if i'm not on scholarship would have no access to it um here's another one that's really big for me I, I, you know i think we need greater representation i think underrepresented populations have to be included uh climate you know we talk about you know, the, the the challenge that we have with with our climate. But another big issue for me, 
mental health awareness, mental health services. We don't talk enough about it, Pete. I think our society, our kids are drowning in isolation. This insanity and listen, man. Listen, it, this is real. I get you know I'm on the CU board of trustees now and on the elite school uh, uh, business school board. I get statistics. I hear numbers of it is heartbreaking and tragic. We don't talk enough about it. I know you got to go. Do the website one more time. There's really isn't anybody better, but one, one more time. So folks can see more. CJ, the number four, CU.com. That's CJ4CU.com. We're going to take a break here. I'm going to walk CJ to the door. We'll come back with your call. Stay right here. Coming up on time. It's, uh, there's, there's snow in the ground out there and snow in the air. It is a Saturday morning, and that was so sweet. CJ's got to go to a meeting. I, I just like radio shows like that. Uh, it's just a guy like that, and you know you have that kind of crossover in your life, and you can tell stories. And Halloween was certainly part of that. And and now it here. Well, I don't know if Halloween is what it once was. Um, Louis, when you were growing up, what was your costume for Halloween? Who who were you? I believe I was uh, Super Grover. Or one Halloween. That's very good. But the thing is, uh, so my generation now, we don't have the uh, costumes that today's kids have. So we had these cheap vinyl costumes, and I believe they were from a company called Ruby's. And you could buy them for like uh, 10 bucks at a uh, local variety store. Hmm. It was a vinyl suit and a cheap plastic mask. We we made, and I don't know what that means in terms of time or whatever it is. We made our costumes. Now, there was, like I said, we were laughing with CJ. There was the, the, the uh, candy-getting costume. <laughs> the, you, you were built for speed. You, you know, you could get away with it, have a heavy coat. It was pretty cold, generally. And put, I remember my mother, like, burning a cork and rubbing it on our noses and faces and chins and foreheads and put an old hat on and get a pill. And now you're Halloweening. And you knew, I mean, you laid it out. You were thinking, I'm going to go down here, cut across here, do this, do that. But we were talking about, you know, the infamous big kids and or apples. <laughs> and you're going up the guys and the other kid coming the other way goes, apples. <laughs> Turn around, go the other way. But it it was like the gateway holiday. And so here it comes. And uh, we're going to go trick-and-treating on Tuesday. But it looks good. It says, 48 will be the high, but 30 degrees that night. And one of the cool things I think now is these kids go earlier, and it's light outside, and I'm sure that's safer and nicer and kinder. And uh, didn't have to wait for the sun to go down to start going out and nailing candy. But we were big bar people. <laughs> we, we weren't these. And as I'm buying candy for, like, tricks and treats, little Clark bars and, <laughs> dude, man, come on. How can you wreck a kid with one of these? You got to give them three musketeers, the ones that were like big. Um, all I, I mean, we're, we're no we're no longer big candy people. All right, I'm my, and again, Danny Cap was talking about the man Danny believed to be the only lawyer in Colorado history 
to win five straight multi-million dollar jury verdicts in a motor vehicle crash cases. He is the man. Danny and his partners in the largest truck crash jury verdicts. Colorado history, a firm's history of seven and eight figure settlements, and they speak for themselves. A firm where good people from all walks of life, regardless of their ability to pay, receive the level of representation that everybody deserves. Capless is the guy. I mentioned we went through some stuff in our family, and he was there. Talks cheap, experience counts, results matter. The firm would be happy to share with you its track record of outstanding jury verdicts out of court settlements. Capless believes, and Danny says it, who you hire speaks about you. I'll tell you what, they suggest you choose a law firm that shares your values. The firm believes its core values have been foundations of historic success, faith, integrity, hardcore, and decisions, dedication to righteous causes. If you need a man's help, call him 303 770-5551. They will be there, 303-770-5551, caplislaw.com, caplis, C-A-P-L-I-S. I'm getting a bunch of calls. We had my daughter on talking about HBOT, Life and Longevity. What's that number? It's 303-353-9623. They're at 75 South Madison Street, Suite 201, and that's the HBOT. It's Life and it's Longevity. It's the Hyperbaric Tanks, and again, 303-353-9623. Five visits for 100 bucks to get it started. All right, we go to Susie on the radio show. Susie, good morning. Thank you. Hi there, Peter. So I was listening um, to your guest earlier, You um, doing your memories of Halloween. I had the same ones growing up in Chicago, a lot of the same memories. But oh, yeah. one of my favorite memories is actually with you, it must be 20 or more years ago, I believe it was Heritage Square, when you would do that Halloween event. I remember that night very well. A lot of stuff happened oh, up there. Oh, is that a blast? And my friend and I often, you know, we laugh, we went up there together, and that was a really fun night. And mm-hmm. also you had a... Um, like a card reader or something up there. Oh, had too. lots of people. We used to bring the oh, yeah. uh, one night. We're talking about when I used to do the night before Halloween shows in the haunted house, and we would yeah. ev- eventually for Bob Cote's step, we would sell tickets to go, and people went. But the one night, and I won't tell you who it was, but we were we hired quote unquote, or they volunteered uh, the paramed- uh, paramedics, the the para uh, paranormal. Normal? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the ghost hunters. Go, and so so oh, yeah. we, uh, it was a great big place. So was, was the I Sheik. remember that. Wow. Well, I the, remember when you did that. Me and the Sheik. Yeah. Right? The infamous Sheik. And we, <laughs> they, we had two teams. What I didn't know is they knew each other and hated each other. And so oh. we're in this mansion. Mrs. Owens came that night. Bill Owens' uh, oh. Owens's wife, Mrs. Owens, came that night. And... So my daughter and I and a friend are sleeping in the little library. And all of a sudden, it's like, boom, bang, bang. I get up. I go, on. we're going to get up in the morning. And we had people sleeping all over that mansion. And these people are into it. I said, throw them out. <laughs> get them out of here. <laughs> it, was, it was a war. These, these, oh, those, those shows were so much fun to do. And um, we went to some pretty bizarre places. To do. That was fun. Was that at Heritage Square 
We're trying to think where you did that. Heritage Square. That Halloween. Yeah, we. Yeah, guys up there that they they had stories about Heritage Square and hearing wagons at night, and I mean, all this. It didn't matter to me. Uh, We're going, you know, like, uh, uh, and we would. I I think I would. I I rode my motorcycle up to see it, uh, and I met the guys that managed it and. They, I said to her, I want to do it. And you know what they did? They had a theater up there. That's where we did that show. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and we sold the theater out. And uh, that night I dressed. Uh, first, I, I put one like this, like this weird old monk's costume on. And I'm, I'm in this thing about 15 minutes. Like, God, this thing's going to kill me. It's so hot. And people disappeared up there that night. Winky, winky. <laughs> they did. <laughs> I mean, like they, we saw them together. Where did they go? I don't know, but that was a great Halloween memory. It was a great Halloween night. It was. We, I always loved Halloween, and yeah. you know, thank you, ma'am. Thank you very much. Yeah, they were back a million years ago in the uh, in radio history. I got to watch the time. I um, I came up with this idea, and I've always been, you know, like that kind of a guy and the first place we went to I went to was Maddie Silk's Good Life Room I'm almost positive and there were all these stories about up on the second floor people hear pianos playing and cigarette smoke and I was like okay I'll go and nobody wanted to go and I went up and slept on the couch on the second floor and that's when I was Kenny, Daryl and I we had the green light from Lee Larson I don't know why he gave it to us and Chris Olinger and the show turns out to be a hit. Kenny came over, Kenny, Kenny D and Daryl. We met this guy, this really weird character came in. And I said, we're off to see the wizard in three or four shows. And plus, I would just take friends and we would go in these places. And there's always adventures going on inside at night. Then I said, you know what? This thing, everybody wanted to go. And I said, OK, here's what we'll do. Well, I think it was 100 bucks for two people, whatever the number was. We gave the money to Step 13, to Bob Cote. And then, uh, like everything else, you know, it, it's time comes. But boy, oh boy, there was once was a time. And I would look forward to this. Um, and we'd set it all up, and we'd have people tell stories. Uh, the late Dennis Gallagher, who was just legendary with Denver haunted house stories. And uh, uh, they call him Dr. Dr. Colorado. And they would come in, and they would... They, and actually, they would go on a show with us. We went, it was the Croke Patterson Mansion, which was a really spooky place. And they came, Tom Noel, uh, Dr. Colorado, and the one and only, the late of all Irishmen were like you, Dennis Gallagher. And they would tell these bizarre stories. And we have people would come in there. I, I used to live here, but I wouldn't spend the night. And everybody's going, ah, I, I got a story about spending the night in that place that night, but I can't do it on the air. The statute of limitations is not run out, but radio was, and um, there it is. So as we get out of here, uh, the shoot, and you can see the one we did with Charles Johnson, and but go to 710 KNUS, that's the website, click on shows, it'll scroll down, and it says my name, click on that. I wrote a new column about the, Allen, the uh, Republican Party, and I had Dick Wadhams, Yesterday, and when the truth is found to be lies, and Dick did a great job, as always, and 
we were wondering who would be hated more when that thing started to air. And I figured, ah, you know, you want to be the hated one. You want you, you want to be the top heel. You don't want to be some bottom heel. You want to be the top heel. But Sidney Powell, thing now she was uh, um, extorted. Wait, mark my words. That'll be lionized in talk radio in the next two or three days. But they're sitting there right now, those people that cut that fat rat on that Rico for her. And like I said, I think she's just lost her mind. And when they yank the plea, okay, you don't want the plea? Take it from you. Now you're going to stand trial. Now you can go to jail. Now you can lose your license. Now you can pay the fine. Right now, she's got the sweetest deal in the world. Early, the earlier you take the deal on a RICO, the better deal it's going to be. Really, Sydney, you can bet that those people in Atlanta right now are going, really, Sydney, you really want to do this? In the meantime, Jenna Ellis asking people to, to forgive her. Well, where's my apology? What you did here, what you did to all of us. Where's the apology? You're never going to get it. But when she was saying she has to tell the people of Atlanta she's sorry, what about here? What about in Colorado, Jenna? Tell, tell these folks you're sorry. It's going to get better next week. When I say better, it's going to get rockier. Um, see what happens. But watch the Kraken. Kraken, you screwed up. You were in the clear. All you had to do was tell the truth. And you admitted you lied. Now she comes out after all of this and says they extorted her. Of course they did. <laughs> they, you know, like they extorted Sammy Gravano. <laughs> it was like, come on. Do you think, I go back to Ricos, reading about the great Ricos of, of New York City and organized crime. Sammy Gravano rolled over on John Gotti. Here's the crack and rolling over on Donald Trump. The guy, Sammy Gravano is good for, what, 19 murders or something? He still walked away. That's how it works. That's how you get people. That's how a RICO works. And there's nobody living in fear, frightened little girl. No, it's not. You got caught. I'd be scared, too. The Kraken, I don't know. Uh, she may be, I don't know. I'm not a shrink, but play one on the radio. She might be, you know, by bipolar or some crazy stuff. All right, Louie, great show. Thank you. Uh, take a look at that website stuff, 710knus.com. Click on my name. Louie, good job today. And Charles, Charles Johnson, thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Happy Halloween. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.